Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm joined here alongside James Ledbetter. Uh, you know, we're, we're back at the wraparound first event um, of the 2021-2022 season. Uh, you know, definitely some some uh, some drama, you know, at the end of the last season with the Tour Championship, uh, you know, with the staggered leaderboard, like, you know, me and Led talked about so much. Um, you know, it really was interesting because, Without the stagger leaderboard, you know, John Rahm and Kevin Na had to do a playoff. Um, but instead, uh, you know, Patrick Cantlay comes out on top, uh, you know, and and no beefs with that. Played unbelievable, probably the, the best eight rounds of putting of his life between the BMW um, and the Tour Championship. But led uh, any other notes regarding how that season ended? You know, at least John Rahm's the number one player in the world. He gets to, he gets to walk away after that season with that. Um, whatever memorabilia or whatever you want to call it. But in terms of the fact that, man, he played a lot better than what it seemed like, right? Runner up, I guess, player of the year, second place in the tour championship. And for all that good golf he played to only have one trophy up on the shelf, it seems like, man, if you did that, if you simu- simulated that a hundred times, he'd end up with seven trophies sometimes playing that type of golf he did. Yeah. And even got the, you know, the little bit of disrespect we found out uh, early today or yesterday that, that Cantlay won the player of the year award. And in my opinion, you know, it's a snub because I think if you look deep um, you know, you have to give Rom that win at Memorial had a six shot lead on Sunday. Um, and, and I said, I said, after that tournament, this is going to come back to haunt him um, at the tour championship. I, to be honest, I think it really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, just, Moving and looking at other sports as as well. It's nice to have football back. Right? Oh, yeah. no kidding, buddy! A, de- a decent week one. NFL is a little different, obviously, than golf in terms of NFL. You have that huge off season, and you don't know what teams are going to be like when they come in. And you know, if you bet, uh, what I think it was underdogs went eleven and four week one. Uh, but you know, comparing that over to the BJ Tour, it's uh, it's one of those things where obviously a lot of these guys have been playing the last couple of weeks, whether it be the Corn Ferry, um tour uh playoffs there where they earn their cards um or obviously the pj tour only has a one week off season so you know just looking let's just get into the tournament here we have uh first event of the pj tour season the fort fortnet uh fort i'm gonna i'm gonna try not to call it the Fortnite championship even though the uh Fortnite championship they probably play for more money realistically than, yeah yeah than they're, yeah than no they're kidding for Form, formally the safe way formally formally the safe way uh, we'll just go with Fortnite. That sounds good. The first uh, kicks off in Napa, California, California, wine country. We have it. Um, and honestly, pretty good field for what I would have expected, just based on the fact that, you know, there's only a one week offseason golf. So we have guys like John Rom, Phil Mickelson and Hideki Matsuyama, obviously all major champions last season. And then a lot of PJ Tour rookies are playing from the Corn Ferry Tour, like we talked about. They either earned their card through the two-year season because of COVID um, points list or through the 25 cards that they uh, had in the Corn Ferry playoffs. But I am going to stay away from the uh, a lot of the Corn Ferry guys playing this week in their first PJ Tour start. It's, you know, it's kind of like NFL, for example, being on the practice squad, and then now you're going out there with, uh, you know, a huge stadium fans and uh, a lot to deal with just in terms of press and all that going on. 
Yeah, and, and you're you're exactly right in that. Like typically in the past, the winner, the, you know, the, the guys that have played well through that corn that into the corn fairy tour stretch haven't necessarily had too much success early in the season, except Emiliano Grillo back in 2015. He won the Web.com Tour Championship and then and then won Safeway. Yeah, followed it right up. Um, but just in terms of you know some history on that, uh, Garrick Higo was like the first guy since like 1970 to win in his first PGA Tour start, and he was a proven winner on the European Tour. Obviously, he won earlier this year at the Palmetto Championship, but he had already won two, uh, three European Tour events in the last calendar year. So, um, you know, European Tour to PGA Tour, I think, is a little easier transition than Corn Ferry to uh, PGA Tour. But in terms of golf course this week, we are playing at Silverado Resort and Spa, the North Course. It's a par 72, 7,100 yard um, golf course with four reachable par fives. It's designed by Robert Trent Jones. Um, one of the things that kind of stands out is undulated tree line fairways. So you're going to have a lot of hanging lies when you do hit those fairways. But the main thing is um, just a lot of big trees out there in <laughs> Napa, California. And just in terms of it's going to be tough to score from out of the rough, not necessarily because the rough is so penalizing, just there's going to have tree trouble. You're going to have to hit some, you know, shots around trees, hit some, uh, you know, uh, some bailout shots and stuff like that. So driving the ball in play will definitely be a premium this week. Um, looking at past champions and a little bit of past results here, Stuart Sink is a defending champion where he shot a score of 21 under par last year. The average winning score at Silverado over the last five years when the event's been um, where it is at Silverado has been 17 under par, which puts it kind of middle in the pack in terms of golf, uh, in terms of difficulty. So it's not like exactly a 24, 25 under shootout, but not exactly a U.S. Open. So um, just looking at our past winners, obviously previously mentioned Stuart Sink won last year, Cameron Champ, Kevin Tway, and then Brendan Steele won it back to back years in 2016 and 2017. And then just looking at it, like we kind of talked about, four reachable par fives of those winners I just mentioned. They all averaged over 299 yards off the tee last year. So we'll definitely be looking at some bombers last week, uh, this week. And uh, Stuart Sink, one of the things he talked about, he's, I mean, he didn't go full Bryson, but he definitely gained some distance leading into last year's uh, PGA Tour season. So, and that's one of the things he attributed to him winning this event. Obviously, when you can be hitting wedges versus other people's eight irons, that, that makes a, a big difference. Um, Will, anything else to add before we kind of move into those favorites? Yeah, just one other thing, you know, I thought it was really interesting. I kind of assumed when I uh, initially started my prep that uh, we're going to be looking at bent grass greens and wine country, but it's actually all Bermuda, which I thought was was a bit interesting. Um, so that's another thing, you know, kind of looking looking at in depth um, is is the great putters on Bermuda that are in this field. Uh, so Led, let's just work right into the favorites, starting it with Rom. Yeah, so starting off with John Rom plus 450. Uh, you know, one of the things you normally hear when big names are playing in smaller tournaments is appearance fees. And when they get yeah. paid, you know, when Tiger used to get paid millions of dollars, go over to Dubai and all these, you know, Saudi Arabia, stuff like that. Are there p appearance fees for the PJ tour? I still failing to understand really why John Rahm is playing this. He's got Ryder cup next week. He's just coming off obviously four or five events in a row where I think it's one of those things where, they probably obviously PJ Tour is going to want him to tee up whenever they can. And he's just been playing so well. And like we talked about, 
hasn't really had enough trophies. You know, there's a couple uh, open spots on the shelf, and I think he just really wants to get a, you know, it's a bit of a dub. It's like when you're uh, playing that junior golf and you're in the 16 to 18 division or the, uh, or, and the, uh, you know, 13 to 15 division, you know, let's just hang down for that one more 13 to 15 division as yeah, a 15 year old and just yeah. dominate the field there. <laughs> Let me get as many but, in as possible. Yeah, exactly. So the number one player in the world is by far and away a favorite at plus 450. Just looking back at last year, obviously we talked about just unbelievable year. He had 15 top tens uh, in the 22 events he played. Incredible consistency. Finished runner-up in the FedEx Cup. And really, you know, it's not always the case. Obviously, with number one player in the world, you can be number one player in the world just based on the fact that you had, you know, really good last 12, 15 months you kind of built. But just in terms of right now, John Rahm is playing the best golf in the world. And it's really not even close. Um he led the PGA Tour in birdie average, scoring average, and was second off of the tee um, in 2021. Like we talked about, off the tee is going to be a big deal this week. And he's played this event one time in the past in 2016. Might have been still at Arizona State, honestly, just looking at that year where he finished tied 15th. John Rahm is a complete player, and I love everything about him except plus 450. As we talked about, as good as John Rahm has played, he only has one win on the year. Yes, he should win this tournament, but he's got to be 154 other players for that to occur. And I do like John Rahm's chances, but I think he's going to play well. I just would rather have him in maybe some picks to place. But if the numbers aren't right, you know, obviously he's minus money to top 10. Really, I would only see him in some uh, top five scenarios. But the only scenario I really like, you know, potentially betting him to win is if he happens to stumble out of the gates, maybe has a mediocre first round, then be able to give him a little better number than plus 450. But for me, John Rahm is a pass. Yeah, it could be, it could be a little, little vacation to wine country for Rahm, you know, play a couple rounds and head to Kohler. All right, on, sure. to, uh, on to Webb Simpson at 14 to 1. Um, Webb was left off the Ryder Cup, which I thought was a fabulous decision by Captain Steve Stricker. So uh, the road to the next one begins right here for Webb. I'm curious, uh, led to see if Webb plays a more full schedule this year, you know, hinting uh, why he's even at this first event of the year. Webb definitely played a very conservative schedule last year. 2020 was the first year in 11 years uh, that Webb did not win an event, uh, but placed top 10, 12 times last year. If he plays more events, do you think he indefinitely makes the Ryder Cup team? I think so. You know, that's probably one of the things he's uh, regretting a little bit. I think given Brooks questionable status, obviously there's a little bit to play for. Maybe if he won this week, that would put him in the conversation for the you know next man up, whether that be a P. Reed, a Billy Horschel. Obviously, won the BMW PGA last week and just put him in. Kevin Na finished as well this week. He's in there, maybe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we don't know what to really think of Brooks. Um, it seems just just looking at the uh, European Tour first Ryder Cup. Obviously, um, the U.S. team had six picks and the European team had four picks, but it seemed like. European tour only with four picks. It was like, Oh my God, we have to take this guy, you know, yeah. versus the U S team. It's like, geez, we feel like we could, you know, we could go to our 22nd guy or 17th guy. I mean, we have a lot of really good players that are going to be sitting on the bench. The fact that a guy like Horschel really wasn't close to qualifying, obviously before the P, uh, BMW PGA just goes to show how strong our team is. And man, if they can't uh, <laughs> capture this Ryder cup, there's going to be uh 
some major issues. I saw some quotes from Brooks Kepka this week. He was talking like, oh yeah, well, you know, just a bunch of individuals trying to gel. And I, I don't really, you know, like this week in particular, it's like the absolute, it's kind of sickening when you hear yeah. everyone else's, especially the European tour sides. It's like, man, we love it. Friends for life. And they're kind of, I know we've gotten off track here, but no, yeah, no, no, but that's the worst. That is the worst. Cause I asked Curtis strange about that. Like two weeks ago, I was like, you know, what's the, what's the gamesmanship like between like Brooks and Bryson there. And he was just like, you know, those guys could care less about everyone else on the team. They're going to go to the first team and play how they always play, which, uh, you know, I think that there's that camaraderie that the United States is missing. But uh, finishing up on Webb, you know, okay, Webb hasn't played this event since 2017 uh, when he finished 17th. And since then, um, he, tip- he typically takes off until around November. You know, th- this could be good from a betting perspective because he's coming off a run uh, where he finished in the top 24 of his last five events. Two weeks ago was really, re- really the only good recent result. Um, that we have to pull from. I'll be checking to see if I can get good odds for, for Webb top 20 or, or I'm passing on him this week. Yeah, I'm off Webb as well. I feel like he's 14 to one because his name's Webb Simpson, not really of uh, anything other than that based on kind of his recent play. And then one other thing to talk about, yes, he did have a 17th uh, place finish here, but he, uh, he has missed the cut two out of three times he has played this event. So between missing the cut and skipping the event, you know, maybe that number could look a little worse in terms of missed cuts. So yeah, Webb's a stay away from me. Um, it, sounds like, so, as the, it sounds like a wine vacation again to me. Yes, certainly. Yes. So moving on to Kevin Naw at 22 to one. Kevin is on fire right now. Last six starts are a tied second, tied 23rd, tied second, tied eighth, tied 17th, and a third place at the tour championship. And Will, like you talked about, with no staggered leaderboard, he would have co-won that tournament with John Rahm. So um, obviously I had a great week there and realistically could have got a trophy if we didn't uh, have that um, staggered start. Um, he does have a second place finish and a seventh place finish here at uh, this golf course at Silverado. And the only thing going against him based on the things we looked at with the golf course is he's the 125th best driver in this field. Most of that being based on the fact that he doesn't hit it that far, not necessarily that he's that accurate. And that's why he's been able to, you know, play well here in the past, just because he's been able to hit fairways. Now, obviously if he's walking in putts and hitting his irons close, he should be able to offset the driver like he has done the last couple of weeks. But just the general feel I get with Kevin Na, I like taking Kevin Na at, you know, 35 to one, 40 to one, 50 to one type number. And the fact that he's coming in at two, 22 to one is just, you know, it's like buying a stock and his stock could not be higher right now, just based on the, you know, the, the results I, uh, I read off. It seems like he can't finish outside the top five, but just in terms of him winning with guys like Rom in the field, he is a pass for, for me this week. Yeah. And on to uh, Hideki Matsuyama at 22 to one. So, Interesting enough, besides the win at the Masters for Hideki last year, he actually had a career lows um, from a top 10 and top 25 perspective. Only recorded three top 10s um, and 10 top 25s. Uh, there was one recent top 10 finish where he finished second at the uh, WGC FedEx St. Jude uh, the week of August 8th. So we're looking at about a month ago now. Other than that, really hasn't wrecked any havoc since his win um, at Augusta, as far as what what Hideki has done at Silverado um, in the past, he's only been here once since 2016, um, and, and that resulted in a miscut, and that was in 2019. 
Um, he typically has, uh, you know, the, the Asian WGC and the invitational swing around this time of the year, typically, but that schedule has changed a bit due to COVID and the players won't be in Japan um, until the Zozo championship at the end of October. So, you know, Hideki's a wild card for me this week. I'll look into his head to heads, maybe, maybe in the, the picks to place within um, the country of his origin. But other than that led, I'm, I'm going to pass on Hideki this week. Yeah, and he's a pass for me as well. Like you talked about, only one top 10 at the WGC since his win at the Masters. So realistically, it's not really even one of those guys who doesn't have the top 10s or the results that you want because of playing. He's actually played the the last you know six weeks in a row before this week off. Maybe a little bit of rest will do him well. Obviously, hosting the uh, Olympics pretty much probably yeah. took it out of him. Imagine yeah. that kind of media frenzy and stuff going on there. So yeah. Um, don't really love the number this week. And yeah, same, same for me. Will passing on Hideki at 22 to one moving into our next guy, Will Zalatoris, 25 to one PGA tour rookie of the year. Let's clap, clap it up for him. You know, pretty good. Cool uh, for, you know, uh, uh, Higo might've gotten snubbed, but yeah, no, we'll give it to him. We'll give it to you him. Know, pretty, pretty impressive for a non-member to be able to win yeah. rookie of the year. Um, you know, I like my chances for NFL MVP, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Last one to do yeah. that was Charles Howell back in 2001. Last uh, special temporary member to win uh, uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and this was one of those things where, you know, Higo obviously was in the conversation a bit, but it just came down to how consistent Zalatoris had played. And uh, he did pretty much everything but win. He had eight top 10s and 14 top 25s. Um, strokes gained, he was... 31st off the tee and seventh approach. And that's just one of the things we really talked about uh, with Will Zalatoris is, you know, having those two, uh, those two stats in terms of off the tee and approach, as long as he doesn't put, you know, like a 20 handicap, he's pretty much right in there. Um, like we talked about, the only thing that has a tendency to hold him back is the putter. He's 145th in total putting. But as far as this week goes, I do like him. Uh, so, you know, we're getting him at 25 to one. I think he can – I'm not necessarily saying he was playing with uh, a lot of pressure all year as a non-member, but I think he can kind of freewheel it this week, the fact that, you know, he can open up the wallet and he's got actually a PGA Tour member, a little, you know, engraved metal card in there. That's kind of nice. He's kind of like that uh, foreign exchange student that sits in the corner of the class that, you know, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know, n- now he can't – you know, now he's at the cool kids' table being all that <laughs> – Yeah, being a yeah, PGA now Tour he made player. it. So, yeah, so, you know, like we talked about with Will – Unbelievable statistically, um, tee to green, just really the the putter is what what, was what it's all about. So uh, Will Zalatoris, 25 to 1. I do like him and definitely in some picks to place. And just looking at this, obviously we have guys like John Rahm playing in Hideki, but a weaker field than we would normally see. You know, a lot of guys taking the week off, whether it be to prep for the Ryder Cup or just because it's the first turn of the year, or they just want a bit of an extended off season, obviously with only one week off. So I do like Will Zalatoris in this little bit of a weaker field um, at 25 to one. And on to uh, Cameron Tringale at 35 to one. Uh, Tringale caught a bit of fire uh, for his standards at the end of this past season um, to finish 50th on the money list. He had two top 20 finishes in his last five starts to get him all the way to the BMW uh, which was the second to last event before the tour championship. And, um, you know, not surprised he's at Fortnite considering he, he plays a Sung JM type schedule year in and year out. Um, he has come here every year since 2015, uh, but has really done nothing special 
um, in any start. His best finish was 43rd place in uh, 2017. Has had a lot of trouble off the tee uh, here at Silverado. Um, on average, he loses two and a half strokes here off the tee since 2015. So, um, Really not a reason to bet on him due to the lack of recent success and just success here at Silverado. So I'm off Cameron Tringali this week and um, probably someone I'll be looking to fade in head-to-heads. Yeah, and he's one of those guys with uh, – he hasn't been able to cross the finish line and get a PGA Tour win. So, you know, that might be one of those guys we'd like to see him do it before we, uh, you know, see him in that aspect. So moving into our next guy, Charlie Hoffman at 40-1, to 1, the ultimate check casher. It seems like he's been on tour for, you know – 10, 15 plus years now, it seems like. And obviously has kept his card throughout that period, but you know, only four wins to really speak of. Sneaky finished 32nd in the FedEx Cup, almost made it to East Lake uh this past season. He was really consistent in the 29 events he played, he had 14 top 25s and five top tens. And Charlie really does have some uh, awesome stats. He's 24th T to green and 43rd in putting. The only red flag is kind of what I've talked about. He hasn't won on tour since the 2016 Valero Texas Open. And, you know, as consistent as he has been statistically, he's only registered one top 10 since April. So like we talked about with Kevin Na, I like betting on, I like betting on these type of guys as, you know, long shot dark horses rather than, you know, I was like Charlie Hoffman, 40 to one. I didn't like that number right when it came out. So he is going to be a pass for me this week. Um, Charlie Hoppin, 40 to one. No, thank you. Me as well. And um, moving on to Emiliano Grillo at 40 to one. Uh, finally, we get a former champion here to talk about. And Emiliano Grillo won this event um, back in 2015 in a playoff over Kevin Na. And, um, you know, like I said, to start the podcast, that was right when Emiliano was getting his feet wet um, in his early days on the PGA Tour. Um, now, since that victory in 2015, his best finish at Silverado um, was 26 the following year in 2016. And other than that, has not cracked the top 20s here since. So um, as far as recent good play goes, Grio didn't end the 2021 season with any special special results. He finished uh, 12th at the Open back in July um, and, and then went on to miss two of his last three cuts of the season. And um, you know, the, the reason like usual for Grio is, is the putting, you know, he loses an average of three strokes to the green on the field um, in, in his past four events. So it doesn't look to, to me like he's, he's, you know, moving into this season after getting anything started. So um, I'm going to pass on a, on a Emiliano Grio this week. I'm going to zag a little bit on that one. I do like Emiliano Grio. Yes. I see uh, obviously former champion, no top 20s, but, you know, depends how you look at stats, right? It's like glass half full, glass half empty. Three other top 30s I'm looking at. So has been able to play here, um, play well here. And it's one of those courses that has, you know, brought some multiple winners, um, some guys uh, that have finished in the top 20 multiple times. And uh, it is a course that definitely, you know, fits people's eyes with all the trees and stuff off the tee. Well, I'm surprised you're passing a guy like that. You know, just, you know, a fellow high school alumni of ours <laughs> at IM, IMG Academy down there. Um, but, you know, it's nice that you're looking at the numbers and not so much uh, going heartfelt there. But, uh, yeah, I do like Emiliano this week in uh, at that number to win and at that number uh, in some picks to play. So we'll look at that down the road. Um, and moving in, uh, Will. Yeah, well, I'm unfortunately not only am I passing, but I'm going to have to go against him in the head-to-head. So, We'll see how it goes there. Okay. Okay. 
So moving into our next guy, Harold Varner at 40 to one. He has four top 15s in his last six starts on tour, certainly trending in the right direction. Course history, he's cashed a check here, a.k.a. made the cut here every time he's played at Silverado, including three top 20s. You know, relative to the field, he's really been consistent uh, statistically. He's eighth off the tee and 14th approach in his last 50 rounds. So um, bringing it, uh, you know, tee to green, which is what we like to see. He kind of gives me that Abraham answer uh, feel before Abraham answer one for a guy who's due to win. You know, he has put himself up there a lot on this, you know, Saturday, Sundays, the weekends, obviously, and hasn't been able to really come through. I think with a little bit of a weaker field, this week is as good as any for him to break through. And I actually do like him at 40 to one, given his ball striking. Yeah, I, I love Harold Varner III this week, one of my favorite picks. Um, and moving into uh, Cameron Champ at 40 to one, did not appear here last year to defend um, his 2019 title. But, um, you know, what does Cameron Champ do so well here? He really takes advantage um, uh, of his freakish ability to drive the golf ball at Silverado. Um, in his last three starts at Silverado, he's picked up um, an average of five strokes off the tee. Um, and, and nothing to brag about much as of late for Champ. He did win four starts ago um, at the 3M Open at the end of July. And um, I, I will be taking a good hard look at uh, Cameron Champ um, in head-to-heads and probably a top 20 finish. All right, so moving into our head-to-heads for this week, I have Sebastian Munoz over Taylor Gooch, minus 120. Sebastian has finished in the top 30 of five of his last six starts, so he is trending in the right direction, including two top fives, one at the Olympics where he finished um, in that, uh, didn't end up obviously getting a medal, but was in that bronze medal playoff. Two things I'm looking at here. I'm looking at the number, which I like, which I'm getting pretty much at even money here. And then the one thing Taylor Gooch, you would nitpick about his game is he's not the best driver on tour. He's actually the 125th driver on tour and he is losing strokes to the field at a course that you must put the ball in the fairway. So like we talked about, it's not always just looking at the players. It's looking at the numbers. The fact that I'm getting these two players at the same number where Sebastian is a significantly better driver. I'm just going to hammer that every time. So Sebastian Munoz over Taylor Gooch minus 120. And then for my next head to head, I have Emiliano Grillo over Doug Gim minus 129. So like we talked about, Emiliano, former champion here, three other top 30s at Silverado, and he's just a really good ball striker. Just looking at Doug Gim, in terms of his recent play, Doug has missed the cut and two of his last three starts. Like you talked about, Grio, not the best golf uh, having been played coming in here, but you know this is a little bit of a, a home field game here and the fact that another number that I like, almost getting him at kind of even money here, and I just feel like with a, Emiliano's pass play at uh, – Silverado, I just have to take Emiliano Grillo over Doug Gim minus 129. Okay, over to my uh, head-to-heads to start off here uh, for the 2021-2022 season. But we'll start with Siwoo Kim over um, Emiliano Grillo at plus 105. And um, going to be kind of a dogfight here. Neither one of these guys really put worth a shit on Bermuda Greens. Um, you know, yes, Grillo is, the former cha- is a former champion here, but it was seven years ago, which is – you know, 25 years in golf years. Siwoo Kim is riding on a streak of fairly good play to close out the last season, uh, which for him ended at BMW. He finished second at the Wyndham uh, to Kisner and then finished 29th um, in the BMW two weeks later. And if he hadn't lost two strokes to the field in the greens, 
probably would have would have been a much better event for him. And I, you know, um, I love Siwoo Kim on rest, which he does have two weeks of. That is a very rare thing for him. He's one of those guys who will play 34 weeks in a row. Um, it, it's just in his blood. So um, first head to head for me, getting is, ready for the military there. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, no, Sanjay's doing the same thing. It's a, you know, it's, yeah. that's a, that's a reasonable guess. So first head to head for me um, is Siwoo Kim over Emiliano Grillo plus one Oh five. Uh, my second head to head is Kevin Nog over Webb Simpson at plus 100. Um, you know, you know, you know, you saw, you know, Billy Horschel win uh, last week at the, at the BMW PGA. And then, um, you know, after that, actually, he said that uh, Steve Stricker didn't even give him a call uh, to tell him that he wasn't going to be on the team. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, a very similar situation um, happened here with Kevin Na. Um, I just think it's way more, you know, personal because Kevin Na, you know, now a you know, U.S. citizen uh, for the sole purpose of being eligible for the Ryder Cup, uh, finished top 10 in three of his last four events of the season and still gets left off the team. You know, you just have to think he's going to stick it to the man like Billy Horschel did at the at the, at the BMW PGA. Um, so I've got I've got Kevin Na taking down Webb at plus one hundred. Um, and one more thing, I really do think this is a wind down event for Webb. Maybe enjoy some vino with the family in Napa. You know, kids running around by the pool, yada yada yada. Not Kevin Na led. Okay, here to stick it to the man this week. This guy is a beauty on Bermuda greens. Um, can't wait for that one to hit. So second one is Kevin Na over Webb Simpson. At plus 100. Last one here, a bit of a heavy favorite I'm on. Uh, Adam Hadwin over Luke List at minus 125. So Hadwin, a very heavy favorite in this matchup, but it's just one I can't resist. Hadwin finished top 10 in two of his last three events of the season. Um, You know, yes, Luke List lives on the West Coast, but this isn't your standard West Coast track. Remember, Bermuda Greens at Silverado, and Luke List loses almost half a stroke on average. Um, on Bermuda greens and, um, you know, list lost shots on the greens in his last four events while Hadwin, you know, an, an exceptionally consistent putter, especially on Bermuda. So, um, just going back over my head to head, Siwoo Kim over Emiliano Grillo plus one Oh five, Kevin Na over Webb Simpson plus 100. And then Adam Hadwin over Luke list at minus one twenty five. Love it. Perfect. So let's move into uh, my picks to place. I have Will Zalatoris top 10 plus 275. Um, Like I talked about earlier, one of the most consistent players on tour in a bit of a weaker field this week. I think he's going to contend, but obviously the top 10 gives us a little bit more wiggle room. And I do like that number at plus 275 for Will Zalatoris top 10. Moving into our next guy, Charles Howell top 20 plus 300. One of the things that stands out to me is he is the best driver of the golf ball in this field in the last in his last 50 rounds, um, besides people named John Rahm and Cameron Champ. And um, obviously, Charles Howell would have liked to have had more uh, wins in his career, but he's kind of one of those guys who, you know, racks up checks. He's won over 40 million dollars on tour. And I think uh, he's more than capable of a top 20. And like we talked about with kind of these older guys or these veterans, like, you know, Adam Scott, Charles, Howell, they kind of get on runs and then take some time off a little injury here, hang out with the kids. But, uh, you know, Charles Howell's last two starts, he does have top forties trending in the right direction that paired with the fact that he's, you know, one of the top three drivers in the field. I do like him this week. So Charles Howell top 20 plus 300. And then my last one, we have a little long shot here. 
Kiridech Afi Barnrat top ten plus eight hundred. Look at the vape god. He obviously he is a uh, you know he is the guy on tour uh, known as blowing the biggest clouds. But um, one thing that stands out with him, he's a hot and cold player. He missed seven cuts in a row earlier in the year. He probably ran out of jewel pods or something. And um, but recently he has found a little form. Late in the season, he had some top forties in his last two events. Unfortunately, it wasn't good enough for him to keep his card. He had to go back to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals where he finished top 30 in all three events to earn his PJ Tour card back. And then last week, riding that hot streak, he finished second at the uh, European Tours version of the Players' Championship, the BMW PGA, where he really finished poorly. He should have won that event. Um, he uh, had a weird uh, – it was two par fives to finish at the at Wentworth there, and he finished par – Sorry, he finished bogey par to uh, to lose by one, whereas a guy like uh, Horschel finished with some birdies. So um, he shot the low round of the tournament. He shot a 64 uh, in that tournament. He shot it twice. So really playing some unbelievable golf right now. You know, I was looking at whether I was like in top 20, top 10, but the fact that I get him, Kyrdech, um Oppi Barnrat, top 10, plus 800. He's got all the firepower in the world. And uh, – just the fact that he's got his card locked up for another year and should be able to just freewheel it this week with some uh, recent good play. Okay, and um, my picks to place uh, this week, we'll start off with Cameron Champ, uh, top 20 at plus 200. I just talked um, about Champ a minute ago, but going to go ahead and start out with this ticket for my first pick to place. He is known uh, for being wild with the tee shot and being out of control with the spin rates, but He's picked up shots here off the tee every time he's played in this event, so I'm not really worried about his confidence in driving the ball around here. Um, you know, Also, not the greatest putter in the world, but he has kept his putting numbers to around average here. Not the best, but good enough to where if he can take advantage of the tee shot and putt you know, average, he will have a, a very nice finish here. Uh, my second one is, uh, is Grayson Sig, top 20, plus 450. The one and only rookie that I am picking this week, uh, this will be his, um, you know, his, his PGA Tour debut as a member, won near the end of the, uh, the Corn Ferry Tour last year at the, uh, at the Boise Open um, to secure his card in a final round 61. Um, so my second one is Grayson Sig, top 20 plus 450. And uh, led, I do have one more picked a place but it is my dark horse as well so i'll get us started off there yeah that's yeah perfect so yeah so my uh pick the place another pick the place but this is also my dark horse pick jason duffner top 20 plus 450 um is an absolute steal this week there hasn't been a player uh trending all around in the right direction quite like duffner has um, the putter has always been the club to, you know, in the bag to hurt Duffner. Uh, but he seemed to have found something at the 3M and the Wyndham uh, where he picked up a full shot to the field on the greens um, in each event. And he also recorded two top 25 finishes um, in his last four starts. Um, and, and in his last 20 starts, he's picked up field. He's picked up shots in the field in every category except the putting. Uh, but for a guy who isn't the most reliable putter, you know, he by far puts the best on Bermuda greens. Um, that is a fact and said, yet said on Twitter yesterday that, you know, he, he had some really good productive off time uh, this off season, probably just reading Hogan books and, you know, just having a classic Duffner chaw. And so uh, I love it this week, my dark horse and final um, uh, pick to place is Jason Duffner top 20 at plus four fifty. 
Yeah, dude wives would love a good week from uh, Mr. Duffner. Dude, that? I I I I keep those in stock now. I keep those oh, in stock. They're pure. I get the little mini box in my golf bag. Mandatory. Yeah. Mandatory. Okay, and then for my dark horse, I have Mito Pereira, 70 to 1. So the Mito movement is back. Um, one of the things we really like about his game is he's 14th off the tee in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. As we know, um, Mito won three Corn Ferry events last year to get his PJ Tour card. Unfortunately, it was so late in the season that he only was able to play seven events. Um, in those seven events, he had a tied fifth at the Barbersall, and he had a tied six at the 3M. He also had a um, – he was in the playoff bronze medal, just like Munoz, for the uh, at the Olympics. So one of the things I like most about this bet is just the, it's just the number, honestly. He's been a little bit quiet, obviously, in the last six weeks or so, just given the fact that he didn't make it into the FedEx Cup playoffs. And the reasoning for that is he only played seven PGA Tour events. So I think if he had been able to, you know, maybe play into uh, the um, playoff events or something like that, he would be more in that 40 to 1, 50 to 1 range. But the fact that we're getting him at 70 to 1, I absolutely love. And so, yeah, that's for my dark horse. I have Mito Pereira, 70 to 1. When he has played on the Corn Ferry Tour and had and had leads, he has been able to close them out. Obviously, a little bit different animal um, trying to close out on the PJ Tour, but a great player who drives it great. And at a number, I really like Vito Pereira, 70 to 1 for my dark horse. I fully endorse that. Um, okay, moving on to uh, picks to win here, the Fortnite Open, uh, Fortnite Championship, correction. Uh, okay, to win, here we go. Harold Varner. Uh, the third 40 to one uh, to win is my pick this week. So this is going to be Varner's seventh year on tour and, he, and he's coming off his best one yet made it made over 2 million last year on the PGA tour. And really um, a large chunk of that was thanks to an 11th place finish at the Northern trust um, and then backed it up with a 12th place finish at the BMW. And, you know, even that wasn't good enough to get him in the tour championship, but all in all the best year yet for Harold Varner. Um, the big issue to start last year for Varner was the putter at the beginning of the season. Uh, but in this Patrick Cantlay kind of way, not as good, obviously, but he really improved on the greens to end the season. He picked up about one and a half strokes on the greens um, on average in his last five events. So um, incredible to see um, the, the streak of good iron play continue uh, for Varner, I really feel like if he can hit his tee ball a bit better than he has in the last couple of events, he's going to have a great chance um, to win um, this week. You know, a seven-year vet, only golfer with an endorsement deal with Jordan. I think it's time now for for a win for Varner. Um, so that's my pick to win, Harold Varner at 40-1. to one. Yeah, I love that pick. Well, it seems like, uh, you know, with you keep knocking on the door, just like a guy like Tony Fee now, or whatever, you know, eventually he's going to bust it open. So I do love him at that number. And then for my pick to win, I have Will Zalatoris, 25 to one. Like we talked about, absolutely love his stats for El Silverado strokes gains. He was 31st off the tee and seventh approach last year. A lot of people do like him this week, but it's definitely for a reason. Will um, is another guy who has pretty much done everything on tour except get his win and the fact that he's a full member and can just let it rip. I love Will Zalatoris at 25 to one and will let's get right into those draft Kings. we got a new season. I was able to, uh, you know, just edge by you uh, last year, but now we're going to have a huge sample size to, uh, to play from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A fresh record. We start back over with our, with our draft King showdown. 
Okay, I'm going C. Wu Kim. I'm going Phil Mickelson. I'm going Kevin Na. I'm going Grayson Sig. And I got Hank Lebiota to round it off. So um, a rookie in there. I've got, you know, the vet and Phil. Uh, C. Wu is just a DraftKings warrior. He just plays every single week. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's, my, uh, that's my squad to go up against you this week. Man, I, I'm not going to lie. I do like Phil being in your lineup for my odds. <laughs> you know, I was bet- guy, I, hey, I was between him and Mito, but I just had too many okay. rookies. I had too many rookies in there. Okay. So then for my DraftKings lineup, I have Will Zalatoris, Emiliano Grillo, Maverick McNeely, who really needs some money, uh, Mito Ferreira, uh, Kierdech Opper Barnrat, which, you know, seems probably like a guy who's boomer bust just as much as a guy like Phil. And then Kevin Tway, who has a tied third here in the past and is just an absolute bomber. Let's move right into those best bets. Here we go. Best bet for the uh, for the Fortnite Championship. Um, unfortunately, I'm in a way I'm um, you know I'm having to uh, to fade Kierdech a little here, but definitely um, the top competitor to this ticket. Uh, my best bet this week is Hideki Matsuyama, top Asian player at plus one ten. So. Uh, we already went over Hideki's game in depth, but just let's just run down the list um, of who he has to beat so you guys can just see what I'm talking about. First, obviously, Kyrdech, Led already talked about, but then we go into C.T. Pan, uh, who's missed four cuts in his last five events. Uh, then it's Sung Yul No, who's missed five cuts in his last six events. Uh, Kevin Yu, who, you know, this is his first tour event ever. Um, Sung Kang did finish 15th at the Wyndham, but before that, no better than than uh, than a 70, 70th place finish um, in prior five events. And then Sibu Kim, who I think is probably Hideki's biggest threat, um, has had one top 20 finish in his last seven starts. So not a huge threat to Hideki that will, will be imposed by his fellow Asians this week. But as we found out at the Masters, you know, Hideki is not into wine, Led. You know, he hammers mm-hmm. the sake. There, so there's no real big threat uh, of falling off the deep end in wine, wine County either for uh, in wine country for Hideki this week. So my best bet is Hideki Matsuyama, top Asian player, plus 110. Yeah, one of the things going against uh, one of your Asian players there, or Kyrdech, obviously, is I don't know if he'll be able to blow that big of clouds in California. They might uh, <laughs> tap him on the shoulder for a missions uh, situation or something, right? A little no, he, pollution he, there. Yeah, he's got to be careful with all the uh, the smog and ash and whatever. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. We'll right. I, I remember we'll, the cut. The coverage last year, I mean, like the, the, everything was orange because of how how polluted oh, it yeah, was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. They still they're, they're still uh, yeah you know really struggling with some fires over there. So yeah, we'll see. see. We'll how, see how uh, it is. Yeah. And then moving into my best bet, I have Emiliano Grio top twenty plus two twenty five. Obviously, so much course history kind of coming in here. The thing that really stands out is he's ninth off the tee and sixth approach in his last fifty rounds. Absolutely love those numbers relative to the field. And I think I do have him, obviously, I did like him to win. But one of those things is giving it, having him be top 20 gives us a little bit of more wiggle room there. With the ball striker that he is, he can have a mediocre putting week, even leave the putter at home, I think, and he'd be capable of a top 20. So Emiliano Grillo, top 20, plus 225 for the Fortnite Championship. And that'll wrap it up here on the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview um, that was our Fortnite Championship preview. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Best of luck. Led, we will see you next week for the Ryder Cup. Can't wait. Can't wait, baby. USA. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.